Good morning. Welcome to the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. Jay and I are just sitting here just chatting up a storm, and then the music just all of a sudden ends. And we're like, oh, crap. <laughs> There's your old crap I'm, for the day. I'm, I'm having a lot of old craps this morning. <laughs> that is so funny. That's a hoot. We're just <clears throat> chatting because, you know, Jay and I don't get to see each other, but like once a week. Yeah, you and you're know? a horrible texter. Oh, I am not. You are a horrible texter. How? I have witnesses. You know, we can start calling them. Yeah. Yeah, because I've got witnesses. I'm really bad about that? Yeah. I thought I was really good at it. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. I'm really sorry. Like, not getting back to people or or just... I'm really just kidding. Not more detail. So don't don't take this to heart. So I'm really just kidding. But um, no, it just... you, you, You got... Your mind's going in multiple different directions. So when... When... When you're focused, you, you text great, but when you're not focused, it could it could be hours and occasionally days. Really? I got to yeah. do better than that. Yeah. I was really sorry. Oh, if it was important, I'd just call you. Yeah. But, I know. Yeah, because when the phone rings and it's Jay, that's where I say, oh, crap. Yep. This has got to be something that's a, that, that I'm really... Well, you like the background today? I don't know. I didn't look at it. Oh, yes. No, you like that? I that's pretty it. cool, isn't it? It's good this time of year. Well, we're glad to have you tuned in. I don't like that that guy in front of it, though. Oh, he's good looking like he always is. No <sighs> doubt. Man, what do you think of the sweatshirt weather? I'm I just love like, it. I know you do. I love it. This I is my time do. of year. I, uh, I, I, like, I like hot, but, you know, I can handle... I can handle this, you know, but when yeah. it gets like down in the, what I'm, what I'm don't like doing is I'm bringing the mums in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I'm bringing them in because they're, it's cold at night. It, and I, I'm trying to figure out this mum thing because, you know, they're not cheap. No. And they die. Mm. You know, so it's like, I, I don't quite understand why do you put mums out front? Yeah. You got me worried now because we have some at the church and I doubt anyone's taking care of them. Oh, what the mums? Yeah. You go stop by there on the way. You want me to go check? On, <laughs> you want me to go check on? No, them? it is what it is now. They've already been out overnight. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'll go check on them if you want me. To. I, I need to go to Winfield anyway. Um, Pastor Jay is working on a series that's entitled "Rest in Peace," and this is part two of his series. And it's just—I mean, it's just hitting it out of the park and just really good, really good stuff. And there's a few things that that I wrote down, and then I then I also added to it. Uh, because, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, this is just really good stuff. And one of the things that you said um, is that we we are inviting what is of the world in our lives, and it is taking our peace. Mm. And, you know, one thing that one thing that when when I thought about that, it, it's like I, I believe today that people are so eaten up with sin mm. That it's killing their conscience, you know, whatever they may be doing. And it's like sin will take your peace. Yeah. If you, do, if you, if you continue to live in sin and doing, doing the sinful things, then it will take it. And so that is absolutely one of the true statements uh, of, of today that uh, we're inviting the world in our lives. And we've said this last week that Sometimes the church, there's an identity crisis because the world looks so much like the church. And if the church would really realize who it was and how powerful it was, that it would be just like, wow. It's like we nothing, we, nothing would slip by us. I mean, does that make sense? It does. Um, yeah, I mean, if we stop and, and we think about it, everything that doesn't glorify God 
leads to destruction. So, so everything in our, everything in our mind, everything in our heart, everything, you know, that comes out of our mouth, everything that our hands produce, if, if we're not glorifying God in it or with it, then ultimately it's meant for destruction, you know, and the Bible's really clear that, you know, there's a straight and narrow way that, that leads to heaven and, and the road to destruction is wide. Right. Right. So, you know, I, I've, I've said it before, you know, I don't, I don't think you're going to go to hell if you listen to country music. I don't think you're going to go to hell if you listen to rock music. I don't think, you know, you're going to go to hell if you have a glass of wine with your steak, you know, but I think anything, anything in excess and anything to a degree that it grips our life yeah. and, and becomes part of our life that isn't glorifying unto God can absolutely destroy us. Yeah. And it can under, it can destroy not only our spirituality, but it but it can destroy our mentality. It can destroy our psyche. It can it can destroy our relationships. It can it can destroy and I could list all day. It's one of my bad habits, but we can we can absolutely destroy our now, we can absolutely destroy our uh, our presence with all of these things that have no glorifying factors to them whatsoever. Right. And because of that, anxiety, fear, anger, rage, and everything else is produced within us. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to see you want to see where someone's at. Watch what makes them mad, because yeah. that's what they love. Yeah. If something makes them mad. Well, then they love that, right? Right. Like a football and game. So or, they'll you know, they'll fight they... for it. They'll defend it, right. and and everything else, and they'll justify it. Yeah. You know, and so forth. And we need we need to quit justifying, and start glorifying. That's good. Not not to, you know, do do a corny phrase, but but really that's that's what we need to do. We need to stop justifying and start glorifying. So, you know, anything that doesn't give glory to God. Um, is meant for our destruction. Yeah, and Olivia just posted, uh, she said no comment, and that was about the texting. Lord have mercy. I guess I got to do a, <laughs> I told you, man, I have witnesses. I guess I got to do a better job at that. <laughs> Sometimes I have to think about stuff. I understand. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man. Here's here's one thing that that I, that I wonder about. And this this is one probably one of the most controversial issues within the church today. And you and I have you and I have talked about it. And it's like when you wake up in the morning. When you wake up in the morning, is it a goal of of a person's life today to say, "Man, I hope I sin. I hope I sin." I have it on my list of things to do today because I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to sin. So I've got to make sure that I do that. And and we know what the word perfect means. The word perfect means maturity. You know, can we mess up? Can we sin? Yes, we do. But it's not something that we have to do. It's a choice whether we want to or yeah. not. Now, we have a flesh, and our flesh will sin every chance that we, that we allow it to. But if we allow the spiritual man to, to reign, 
which is God inside of us, then our sinning will be less. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that one of the things that I have a question about that I've never been able to to well, but I think we we can't even look at it like that. Not to cut you off, no, but, you're but just you know, I don't think our goal should be less, right? Right. I mean, right. if we really want to spend our lives at the feet of Jesus, our goal should be none. That's good. Yeah. You know, even Jesus said, "Be perfect as your Father which is in heaven right. is also perfect." Meaning, he he expects us to pursue perfection. Yeah. And, you know, spiritual maturity and and you know perfection with respect to purity. Right. And you know, I, I think it should be an act of pursuit, not something that you know we accept because we dot one more eye today. Well, and, and something that you said in the sermon that I really thought was, uh, thought was good. It's like, we think good is enough. Yeah. And so, but what I learned was, you know, growing up that good is the enemy of, of great. Yes. You know? Yeah, and, and so, but it's like, if I can just, it goes back to the, the last sermon series that you did that, that you said, um, you know, I, what do I have to do to just get by, mm-hmm. you know, to just live, you know, but that, so and I think we're all, I, I think our, our culture is we're all living like that today. Yeah. But financially, spiritually, everything else, you know, we are so consumed with just do you right. Right. Which is I know you hate that garbage <laughs> advice, such garbage advice, especially when it comes from a pulpit. Um, don't get, don't get me on that. Are people box, saying but, that from the oh, pulpit? Yeah, yeah, all these little, all these little thirty minute wannabes are just absolutely <laughs> doing it. I made that I made that comment about it's thirty second. I said it wrong, but I made that comment one time. Thirty second wannabes and everything else. And I was like, well, they're known nationally and everything else. I said, but I'm known in heaven. Yeah, that's what I mean by wannabes. Right, right. I I would much that's rather so the very demons of hell know me. Yeah, than everybody walking the face of earth know me. Yeah, that's my goal. Right. My my goal is nothing down here. I want nothing down here. It's yeah. enmity with God, and I want nothing. Um, you know, I wanna I wanna be found, um, in in His presence at His feet, yeah. and and glorifying Him in all that I do. Not saying that I, I perfect that. Every day, but but it it is it is a pursuit of mine, and and I think I think we live so deeply. Get back to my original thought. We live so deeply in this, you know, self love, please ourselves, just do you mentality. Yeah, that we're so wrapped up in the things of the flesh, not and not necessarily bad things. Right. Okay. We're we're just so wrapped up in our own place and our own thoughts and our own own being and and making ourselves comfortable in that 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 we're not even pursuing God anymore right we choose the lifestyle we want and then we invite God into that would and, you say, and, and he has nothing to do with would that. you say that we become our own distraction absolutely 100%. I, I just wrote that down I thought that was really good well let me ask you a question and this is you know you and I come out of the same mold of of tradition in in some areas. Mm-hmm. A okay. lot of it, yeah, a lot of it. And one of the things that that I that I I, I think about on on a on a on a given basis. Okay, if 
if I am saved, okay, if I am a Christian, and the Bible says that I am a new creation in him, I'm a new creature, a creature in him, I have the mind of Christ. So here's the question that I have. Is like, am I still labeled as a sinner? If I am, if I am different and that I have Jesus in my heart, am I, do I still say that I am a sinner? I've, I've, I've never have been able to, to figure that one out. I, yes. Okay. Because I think, I think if we look at it just really simply, we don't try to make this difficult. Right. God sent his son. Right. Into the world. That whoever should believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. Right. So in myself. Right. I can't muster eternal life. Right. I have no worth. I have, I have no resume. I have no details. I have, I have nothing that I can lay down on the table and say to God, I deserve you and I deserve heaven because of this, whatever right. that is. It's nothing. There's no worth in me whatsoever. Could do it. That's why the law failed. All right. That's why the law needed to be fulfilled rather than destroyed. Because man was incapable of it, right? Yeah. Because it was so self-consuming and so self-edifying and, and so self-glorifying that, that we had come to a place where there was nothing in mankind, not even one, right? right. There, there, was, there was no one on earth. And I think this is where we really have to, to understand. There was nowhere on earth God could go to find someone worthy. Right. It took his son. Yeah. Jesus Christ. To be the spotless lamb. Mm -hmm. As hard as I work, as hard as I try, as much as I, 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 I stay focused on who the Lord is and what the Lord means for my life, I'm not spotless and I'll never be spotless. He expects spotless. Mm -hmm. God Almighty expects Spotless. And the only way we get it is through Jesus Christ. So without Jesus, I am absolutely a sinner. I am absolutely a dog. I am absolutely something unworthy. So with Jesus. Jesus, In Jesus, I'm a sinner saved by grace. Even even my salvation isn't of myself. Right? What what does it say? Broken heart? Contrite spirit? What does that mean? It means I'm crushed. I'm crushed by my transgressions. We're going to hit on that this week, Lord willing, because we're not crushed. We're not crushed by our sin. We're not crushed by our, our flesh. We're not crushed, crushed by the things that bring enmity between us and God. We'd rather justify him. Right. I mean, I, I can see people now. They're going to be in God's face wagging their finger at him, justifying everything. And, it's, and, and the Bible already tells us that's a foul odor. Mm-hmm. It's a foul odor to him. Yeah. Right? And so forth. So without Jesus, there's nothing any of us can bring to the table that makes us worthy. And if God looks at us and sees us, we're in trouble. Yeah. Right? He's got to look at us and see his son. So when he sees us through Jesus, then we are 
we are what he's called us to be. But he should, but he should see Jesus, right? yeah. and that, and that's what I want us to really grasp, right? Yeah. We should be so consumed by our relationship with Jesus Christ, and we should be so at Christ's feet. Tough, tough task. Okay, I'm not saying it's not tough, but but that's that's why we talk about things like crucify the flesh, mm-hmm. right? That's why we talk about things like turn from your wicked ways. You know, that's why we talk about humble yourselves and pray. That's why we talk about. You know, wine presses and threshing floors and, and all of these things. None of those things are pretty, right? But but they purge us of the things that make us look like ourselves, right? Which is the ultimate goal here, is to purge us of the things that allows God to see us rather than see his son. Wow. He's got to see his son when he when he looks in our direction. When you, When you think, here's what I wrote down. When when God looks at us, he should have problems being able to differentiate between the two. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, and, and that's is and that, that's is that J- John and Jay or is that Jesus? You know, it's yeah. like you know as we resemble him because really that's what yeah. we're supposed to do is to is to be like him. Well, good. I'm glad because I've I've you know there you help me a lot of times with with things that you know I ask you questions not to put you on the spot but for me. Because well, I, and I, I like it. Some some mornings, like this morning, when I'm, I'm running late and I don't have enough coffee in me, it's a little more challenging than other mornings. But um, like Lord, make it but easy no, I mean, I, I I like that. I, I think we should be able to defend what we preach, um, you know, spiritually and and scripturally, and um, you know, too. I think if if you're asking the questions, it means others may have that question. So I think it's good yeah. that we do this. Yeah, because I mean, I I need a lot of help in in a lot of areas, you know, just to be able to to figure out things. I love the part about um, I love the part that you spoke about uh, with the the vine and the branches. I, I believe that's probably John fifteen, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so when you, when you think about being in the vine, you know, one of the things that that I have seen over the years with people, and and you you've seen this as well. You have somebody who's been a Christian and they are always engaged, always being a part of something. And and then, all of a sudden, you don't see them as much. All of a yeah. sudden, you know they're gone. All of a sudden, um, you know they're not around. And so, what what the enemy begins to do is um, to get them to where they are secluded. They're secluded. They're not even they're not even around. And so the enemy wants to do that. So if the enemy can get us unattached from the vine if he can get us unattached from the vine then there's no there's no life in ministry there's no life in us at all right and and i think that we see that a lot uh within society today and within the church today is that people are cutting themselves from the vine yeah and i think that that is like the and it's, big no-no it's why there's no peace and and it's why there's no power yeah. You know, there's a lot of emotion. Right. Right. But I could care less about emotion. Right. right? You know, a, a few tears and a, and a few chill bumps aren't aren't going to, you know, make make me a warrior in heaven. Right. You know, I mean, it, it needs to go beyond emotion into power. And that's why and we kind of talked about it last week. And then it um, um, it came out in, in the message. I mean, there's 
there's a whole lot of what I call Christian porn out there today. Yeah, how'd that go you over? Know, I don't know. I got some weird looks <laughs> when I threw it down. But um, I started laughing because, you know, I listened to your sermon on Sunday, on Monday. Right. Yeah. On Monday. And when you did that, I was sitting right here where I'm at, and I'm, listen, <laughs> I'm listening to you, and, and, and I started laughing because I thinking, well, I wonder how that went. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a few weird looks. But once I explained it, I, I, the head started shaking again. So, <laughs> oh, um, But, you know, I, I think – but if you think about – if you think about porn and its destructive properties, and that's what I'm really going after here. I'm not likening Christianity, and nor am I saying that all of the named people out there um, are bad people. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad people. But what I'm saying is, as a Christian, we cannot base our spirituality, and we cannot base—I think it's me, I'm bumping the table— Trying to figure um, because it's not a hook to it. And I'm trying to figure out why it's doing. Yeah, that. I, I I have a tendency to to bounce. And um, John Sandy does that too. So you're getting me off track. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> I told you I'm, you're talking I'm, about a bunch of I'm people lacking caffeine you're this morning, about and I'm empty people, over here. Uh, a bunch <clears> of people. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, we we can we we definitely live in the culture today. Yeah, and and I do it. Okay, I'm I'm not saying there's anything wrong with seeing a video that you really like of of a sermon snippet or 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 something and sharing that. Okay, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with doing that. Um, but what I am saying is don't make that the the basis. And and dependency of your salvation. Don't make that your church. Yeah, don't make that your church. Right. Don't make that. Don't make that your your hiding place, right? Or or the secret place. That that's not your secret place. Your secret place is at the feet of Jesus, right? And 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 we need to be seeking something more than a thirty second rah rah rah. Right. It's okay. To, to watch a 30-second rah-rah-rah and go, oh, that's really good. It's okay to see a 30-second rah-rah-rah and say, oh, it might help someone else like it helped me share. Yeah. And that, that's all fine and good. But, yes, don't make that your spiritual dependency because it's more emotional than it is spiritual, mm-hmm. right? Don't make online service your spiritual dependency, right, unless you have to. If you're, if you're physically in a place or mentally in a place where you have to stay home and not attend church, fine. But if you're capable of going, Mm -hmm. don't make that your spiritual dependency because you're missing out on a whole lot more of what God wants to provide. Yeah. And, and, and I think in, in this self pleasing culture that we're in, we would much rather have, you know, 30 seconds of emotion than 30 minutes of of the feet of Jesus. And I call that Christian porn because it does the same thing. Uh, real porn <clears throat> edifies your flesh, and real porn satisfies your flesh, maybe I should say, or your mind at least, and everything else, and it destroys your relationship with your your spouse or or the appropriate relationships that God wants to send into your life. There's a lot of times that we're we're letting that kind of garbage keep God from sending us into our life what he really wants to give us. Wow. Cuz God's sitting there saying, 
I'm not putting her in your life or I'm not putting him in your life while that garbage is in your heart and mind. Right. Right. So we're keeping ourselves from what God really wants from us. Same thing. Same thing with what I'm I'm phrasing and, and probably getting in trouble for. But but what I'm I'm phrasing is Christian porn because it's the same thing. We're we're rah rah rahing ourselves with thirty seconds of feel good, thirty seconds of emotion, thirty seconds of of that's exactly what so and so needs to hear, or oh that made me feel better for a minute. But we're not really fortifying ourselves with the whole word. All right. And the whole relationship with God. And and these emotional tidbits mm-hmm. ultimately destroy our relationship with God because we think this is enough. Yeah. We think, oh, I saw so and so's video today and man, it just it just lit me on fire. Well, what'd you do with that fire? How many how many did you lead to Jesus with that fire? You know, how much compassion did you show? With that fire, did you buy anybody's lunch with that fire? What'd you do with that fire? What what ministry did God mandate in your life because of that thirty seconds of fire, right? right? And I think that's what we're missing. We're missing the accountability of the wholeness of God, and and deepening that relationship with Him because we're getting just enough. When you look at John, John uh, twelve twenty four. Uh, let me let me go here because this is uh, this deals with the uh, talking about the 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 package of of uh, cucumber seeds that you had. Okay, here's what it says. It says, "Verily, verily, I say unto you that except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit." And he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. And so with what you were talking about on Sunday with the, the packet of, uh, of cucumber seeds, it fits along with this scripture. Mm-hmm. that, And it goes along with what you're saying of the self-gratification in the world that we are. And he tells us in the scripture that we've got to die. We've got to die, or, or I mean, because verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And then you go over into to John 15, and that's John 12, and then you go to 15, and he talks about, a, in verse 4, it's almost like a, you know, he's saying it again, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except it abides in me. And verse 5 says, And I am the vine, and you are the branches, and he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. It doesn't say mm. just a little fruit. Mm. It says much fruit. Now we're preaching. Yeah. yeah. For without me, you can do nothing. Yeah. So when you think about when you think about that, I mean, it goes along with what you were talking about in the sermon, and I thought it was perfect with the the, uh, the cucumber seeds. I don't use props very often, but I was I was, it was actually Saturday night. I was going over my outline because you know I memorize my outline, yeah. <clears throat> and then I just trust the Lord to to take it from there. And um, as I was going over my outline, 
And uh, I thought, you know what, I want to, I'm going to read this in this other translation. And so I picked up this Bible and there was that cucumber seed sitting beside that Bible. And I picked up this Bible and I read it. When I set the Bible back down, I saw the cucumber seed again. And, and it just start, started kind of racing in my mind a little bit and everything else. I said, well, you know what, I'm going to stick this in my back pocket. And if God wants me to use it, use it. I'm not a, I've, I've, I've never really used a lot of props um, in preaching, but uh, God gave me that one. But it says, if, and this is something you said in the sermon, which is absolutely true. If and here's here's what I wrote down. It says, if you aren't connected to the vine, you will not produce nothing. So nothing of worth, right? I mean, I can Jay can produce things, right? right? And Jay can build things, and and Jay can create a, a, a ton of mansions on on shifting sand, right? Right, but but. You know, just to be clear, what we're talking about is we're, we're talking about producing spiritually. Right. Right. You know, if, if you're on fire for God, show me your ministry. Yeah. Right. Don't don't show me what you're doing here on earth for people. Right. You know, are you leading people to Jesus Christ? Because at the end of the day, that's what we're going to be judged on. So, we're not going to be judged on anything so, else. So define produce. Okay. So it's like. Okay, Fruit. Yeah. It's okay. Fruitful. It's producing. It's being connected to the vine. Right. Being connected to the vine, which means what? I'm aligning myself to the vine, right? Because yeah. I think I said it in the in the sermon, right? If I if I plant cucumber seeds and I grow a cucumber vine, I'm not just going to radically produce a pumpkin, right? I'm going right. to produce cucumbers, right? So if I'm connected to Jesus, I'm going to produce Jesus qualities first in my own life, and then I'm going to start leading others to that. Yeah. Right. And their need of that. And I'm going to minister their need of that. Right. If I'm if I'm connected to a vine other than Jesus Christ, I'm going to I'm going to produce according to that vine. Right. right? Doesn't mean that vine's (laughs) bad, but it doesn't necessarily mean that vine's spiritual either. And that's our problem is we find a lot of things that we can justify as good or good enough. And we produce those things. We let that way dictate our lives while believing it's equal and parallel to the vine of Jesus Christ when it is not. So there should be evidence of what you're producing. 100%. Yeah, so <clears throat> what is the evidence of? Is it like so, uh, souls that you're leading to Jesus, or is it, is, does it deal with, okay, let me ask you this, does it deal with the evangelistic side as well as the internal side of, of a person? I, I think it starts with compassion. Yeah. I mean, I think when we see when we see Jesus, he is compassionate in every way, except the only time we see him not compassionate and is when he's tearing down those who have have corrupted what God intended. And and in every other situation. Right. I mean, he transgresses the, the tradition and the law. Mm-hmm. Right, to heal, and to touch, and to feed, and and to to make sure his hungry disciples eat, you know, and so forth, and and he's constantly accused of it, right? So I I think if if we say Jesus starts anywhere else, I mean, okay, being one hundred percent scripturally accurate. His, his first and foremost duty is to please the Father. Right. Okay? But in pleasing the Father, 
everything he does after that is is compassion. It's wrapped around compassion. And if we take that back to John three sixteen, for God so loved, loved, yeah. right? So I think everything has to be wrapped in compassion, right? And and if our spirituality, if our um, if if our movings in this life make us grumpy, <laughs> make us make us mean, make us bitter, make us whatever. Then, then I would, I would wonder where the compassion is, right? In that, and I've literally asked people that before. Um, I'm like, "Where's, where's your compassion? Yeah, you know, where, where is your, where is your compassion? Because you, you can't do any of this without that. And, and you, you've got to love people, and you know, you got to quit seeing people for, for their bad things and the bad stuff and the evil that they do. And, and you've got to start seeing them for the reason why Jesus came and, and, you know, uh, begin to love and, and minister to them and, um, and with the goal of changing their lives. You've been in, you've been in sales a long time like I have. <clears throat> and, you know, there are certain things that you can ask and you can give three, three different proposals and you make the middle one look better. And that's the one that people most of the time will go with and they don't go with the worst or don't go with the best. And, and that kind of thing. But let me ask you, how much of the church, not the, not the Pauls, but just the church in general, is producing? 10%, 20%? It's always the 80-20 rule. I, I, don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's much more than 10%. Than 10%? I, you know, I have no way to quantify that, but <clears throat> I, I would be shocked if it's more than 10%. I mean, look at all of the churches we have. Yeah. And look at how many are close to empty, not growing. Right. Um, you know, regardless of what program, and I'm not even saying that they've got bad programs. My my gut generally tells me that when they're struggling to grow and struggling to build, they're lacking compassion. And they're wow. and they're not operating in true ministry. You know, they're operating in a whole lot of law. Right. right? And and you know, in tradition but I, I don't know that they're operating in, in the true compassion of Christ, you know, because how many people in this world still feel like they got to clean themselves up before they go to church? Oh, yeah. How many people feel like they're not worthy, right? Well, yeah. if you're creating that kind of culture and if you're creating that kind of mindset, then you're not doing true ministry. Right. Jesus didn't do that. No. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Don't touch the leper. But he did. Right. Right. You know, no, 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 don't, don't touch, don't touch that dirty beggar. But he did. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to get over ourselves yeah. and, and step in to the love and the compassion of Christ and operate in true ministry, not, not in some self-exalted bullcrap kind of ministry. If, and, and that's our problem today is we think way too highly of ourselves. If you would see, if a person, give, give me the package. If a person was producing, what would that do to the church? What would the church look like oh, if it was producing? It would, it would be and what would busting the person out. Like, see, I think, you know, I, I've, I made a comment, and John Sandy uh, mentioned this the other day. He brought it back to my mind. In one of the sermons that I preached, you know, we've been in Gasway two, nine years, and, and I've made a comment that we should already be at two services. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, already, and, and that building seats two-something. 
and there's and there's ten thousand unchurched people in Braxton County, and so and I'm thinking, okay, how do we do this? Let me ask you something. Do you think that our leaders? Do you think that we? And I heard Jesse Duplantis say this the other day, that I really liked it. He said, when I go up to a preacher, the first thing I do is I go up and smell them. He says, I I smell them to see if they smell like sheep. Mm. Do you think we smell like sheep? Nope. Not at all. We have our own agendas. We have our own wants. And, and, and church has to look like this for us to want to be involved. Yeah. Right? Which means what? We're thinking about ourselves. Right. We're not thinking about anybody else. Yeah. Right? If we were, you know, we, we talked about the, the rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And ultimately, you know, without going through the whole thing again... Ultimately, what what was the the ending of their conversation? He walked away sad. Yeah, but before that, Jesus said what? If you want to be perfect, right? He didn't say if you want to be good. Right. Didn't say if you want to go to heaven. But what he said is, if you want to look like me. Yeah. Did you hear me? Yeah. If you want to look, this is Jesus talking. Right. If you want to look like me. Yeah. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor. Yeah. That's smelling like sheep. Yeah. That, I mean, great words from, uh, from Jesse. I mean, that's smelling like sheep. Yeah. That's true ministry. Yeah. That's putting everything else away yeah. and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus said. If you want to be perfect. Yeah. Right? Because just above that, he said, if you want to be good. Right. If you want to be good, keep the law. Right. Right? If you want to be good... You know, look the part. If you want to be good, right? You know, go through the motions. You know where I get tripped up with the rich young ruler? He lacked one thing. That's what Jesus told him. He said, "You'd lack one thing, Jay. If I could get to the place in my life where I lacked one thing, you all wouldn't be able to stand me." Right? It's like he just lacked one thing. He had everything else. Yeah, and Uh, it's like, dang, people blow right past that. Right, you know. Well, what? But what Mercy. was the one thing he lacked? He couldn't give it all up. No, he lacked Jesus. Well, yeah. When, when, when you, when you're at his feet, yeah, consumed with with everything he is and everything he does, giving stuff up is easy. I've done it for the last twenty years. First ten years of my ministry. Nah, I got wrapped up in the pats on the back, and I got uh, wrapped up in all the accolades. Not saying that I wasn't anointed, and not saying that God didn't use that anointing, because there's a whole lot of people that got saved that I'm still connected to today, and everything else. But that was God. That wasn't me. In the last 20 years, I've realized, man, it's all about Him, yeah. and I have given up, and 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 let go of of things and. stuff. Stuff and money. I mean, I turned down. I was, you know, I could have, I could have taken a job in Cincinnati. Not long after we, not long after we, we launched the the Pulse. Yeah. For probably close to three hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow. More, almost triple what I make. Wow. And I said, no. Right. Because I'm called here. Right. Could care less about the money. Haven't given it a second thought. Yeah. Why? Because I want to, I want to be connected to the vine. Right. I, I want, I want to do what he's doing, and I want him to do through me what he wants to do. 
Right. And, you know, uprooting my family, moving moving to another town, and, and, and making all the money in the world isn't worth at all to me. Yeah. Showing up to church on Sunday mornings and greeting people and touching their lives and talking with them uh, about their needs and about Jesus and how God wants to work in their life and where he can use them. Yeah. That's ministry. And if we put everything else in front of that, we will never get to it. We will never smell like sheep. We will never grow our church. And we will never please the Father. Yeah. Never. That's really good. I believe, though, that if that $300,000 would have been in Pittsburgh, you'd have went. Because you don't like the Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) You'd have went to... (laughs) No. I, I still wouldn't have gone. What about I, Dallas? With uh, Megan? <laughs> I'd have sent Megan. <laughs> That's um, hysterical. But no. Um, That's funny. No, I, I mean, you yeah. know, I, I love, I love what I'm doing. I, I love know. where I'm doing it, and and I love you can who, tell. and I love who I'm doing it with. Yeah. And that means, that means everything. If a shepherd, because, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I I just I want. I want to do what I'm called to do. And if a shepherd, if a shepherd smells like sheep, then that means he's with them. Yeah. And, you know, and now I have said that, you know. She- I did a huge study on the 23rd Psalm. And so when you said that, my mind's been racing the whole rest of the show. So I'm having to work really hard <laughs> to stay focused on, on our point because there's You're- a million things coming to my mind. Because there's a lot of things about the 23rd Psalm we don't. Right. We don't really understand until we look at what shepherds do for the sheep. I don't know why they read that at funerals. And, I really don't. And and then liken <laughs> it and then liken it to that scripture. But um Yeah. And, yeah. I, I mean I I want I want to be a true minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I don't I don't need any other accolade um than that. And and I want our church to be focused on on ministries, not not worldly crap that distracts us from ministry, but but focused solely on the feet of Jesus and 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 loving and and changing lives um, the way He came to change lives because that's what He told that's what He told this ruler. He said, "If if you want to be perfect, yeah. if you want to be like me, get it all out of you." I think that's what he was really saying. Yeah. I don't think it, you know, we, we call him the rich young ruler because that's how he was known, right? right? Which which says a lot for him, right? Yeah. You know, if we look at Job, what, how was Job described? You know, mm-hmm. Job was described as, as godly right. in, in all of these ways, right? How was this guy described? He was described as a rich young ruler, right? So he was rich, he had money, he was young, right? Which probably made him egotistical and and all of the things that young people are you know and and then last he was a ruler what he was known as a boss he wasn't known as a leader he was known as a boss right right so this is how the man was known that's why we refer to him that way and and so forth but at the end of the day it had nothing to do with with the stuff as much as it did him moving the stuff out of his way to do what God wanted him to do. And and I think at the end of the day, that's what it comes down for all of us is we got to get rid of our sin. Yeah. Got to get rid of our sin. And we only do that through Jesus Christ. 
then we got to get rid of our stuff, the thing that the, the thing that distracts us and creates enmity between us and God, right? And and we got to move away from that, and then we've got to find ourselves at the feet of Jesus, yeah. knowing and realizing that we will only ever fully become what we're called to become when there is nothing standing between us and him. You summed it all up. Do you ever think, do you ever think about some of these people and what their names were that where their names not listed? Like the rich young ruler. What do you think his name was? Herschel? Leroy? Nah, I think it would be more. Nah. (laughs) <laughs> what about the woman with the issue of blood? What do you think her name was? Helen? Or you're, you're not going there with me? No, I'm, I'm, I, well, I'm just trying to think. I mean, you know Jewish names all have right. very specific yeah. customs. And, and in some cases, Shanae-nae. you were only allowed you were only allowed to name your kids certain things, right. um, you know, based upon traditional um things so that, that's kind of where my head's going but. see i wonder what some of these people's names were just like you know um you know i mean very few of them mm-hmm. you know their names were mentioned you know no, the man well, at the pool of bethesda what was his name you know yeah. I, I would love to know this well but but what i think is more interesting and it's a great question i, I don't know it's kind of silly but I'm, i mean I'm, no it's not silly i'm just blanking on it i can't i can't really think <laughs> of anything but um but what i think is more impressive about scripture is instead of naming someone, it right. describes them. Wow. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, if we stop and we think about that, yeah. you know, how, how, how is Jesus talking to God about us? Right. Yeah. You know, how's he describing me to the angels today? Wow. How's, really how's he describing, you know, because the word of God is inspired. Sure. Right, spiritually inspired, which means what? <coughs> Excuse me. Which means what? God is writing it, mm-hmm. right? So, so how how am I being defined? That's so good in that place. How how is he describing me? What do you tell that? What do you tell that person, Jay? That is, um, you know, not living where they need to be. I mean, what do you tell that person? You need Jesus. And, and, you know, it sounds cliche and, and it sounds old, but, but you do. I mean, it hasn't, just because culture has changed, the reality of our need of, of Jesus Christ hasn't changed. Yeah. And, and we're called to this place where we see him mm-hmm. in all of his worth and, and value. And, that, and that's not earthly worth. That's not earthly value. I mean, he didn't even have a place to lay his head. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine imagine if we really pursued Christ on that level. You know, imagine if we really pursued Christ as the early church who did sell everything. You know? Yeah. Um who did sell everything. All right. You know, and 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 give it to the church so yeah. that the church could grow and be established in in what? Not in them. Not in look what I gave, not in you know these things, but in in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. That that's all they they mattered and cared about. So, you know, move everything else out of your way today, if yeah. if you're struggling, and realize you need Jesus. Nothing else. Wow. Nothing else will do. 
Nothing else will do. Nothing else will reconcile you to the Father. Nothing else will get you to heaven. Nothing else will bless um, your home, your family. Nothing else will bless your ministry. Nothing else, you know, will will bless any aspect or part of your life. Yes. But Jesus Christ. Yes. And and you know that should be, um, that should be the consuming fire within Absolutely. us is to look like Him, because that's ultimately what He said uh, to this this young this young ruler. Yeah. As he as He said to him, you know, you want to be perfect, look like Me. Yeah. Right. And and I kind of imagine, I kind of imagine that's that's how it went. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus torn, rugged clothes, probably haven't bathed in days. You know, not having a place to live, basically living a nomadic life and everything else and and so forth. And I I imagine Jesus probably said, you want to be perfect? Mm -hmm. Give it all away Mm -hmm. and look like me. And man, what a call. Yeah. You want want to talk about a calling? Mm -hmm. I mean, what a call. Yeah. You want to be perfect? Look, Look like me. And, um, you know, so I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's something for all of us. What do we need to give up? What do we need to push away? You know, what sin has to go, you know, what, what possession, you know, uh, holds and, and grips us more than Jesus does. And, you know, what passions do we have that, that keep us from true ministry? These are, these are the things Right. That I think we need to be asking ourselves. How many parts do you think there'll be of rest and peace? At least, um, at least this Sunday. Right. Um, pretty good bit of of stuff to cover. So probably the the week after that too. It's so really probably good. two more. And um, so what's going on in in Winfield this week? Um, uh, we've got a big work party tomorrow. Um, don't forget that we're going to start on um, taking down the. Um, uh, the drop cloths over the ugly walls and and uh, in in the front where we've got some really nice wood that's been um, donated to us and, and we're gonna you know start putting that up and making it look real nice up front and uh, start that process, um, you know. So we've got that going on this weekend um, at the end of November. I think it's November third. Bear with me, sorry. Um, where do I find events on the Facebook app? <laughs> I know. You know, your um, events don't show up on my phone for some reason. I, I find out about it when you post the pictures. Or I tell you. Yeah, or yeah. you tell me. That's funny. All right. So, um, no, I'm November 5th, Saturday, November 5th. We're having a glow party for our Gospel Quest kids, um, and that's not just our church kids. So if you've got a kids, uh, or if you've got kids who are um, uh, toddler and up, and um, up to fifth grade, um, we're having a glow party that night. We're going to have a um, a DJ playing appropriate music and um, everything, and and having a, a really fun. Cool, exciting glow party. So glow yourself up, dress yourself up. And that goes along with the, the theme of, of the lessons they've been getting um, this month as well. And then on uh, November the 12th, Saturday, November the 12th, um, is our Dare to Share 
uh, youth outreach. So if you have teens, uh, we would love to have them join us that weekend. If we get enough sign up, we're going to make that an overnight thing on Friday where we'll have a bonfire and a whole lot of games and crazy things going on and um, and then get up Saturday morning and have breakfast and um, and then attend virtually the Dare to Share event. in I think it's in Colorado this year. Um it's going to be awesome. But um, we'll be doing that on Saturday. So we're excited about this. Uh, it's some fun, but it's also um, ministry-laden, which I believe we're called to. So yeah. we're excited about these things uh, coming up and just continuing to, to grow our church in love. That's awesome. You are wonderful, my brother. It's uh, an awesome. Only I, one good. I just take a lot of notes because I just I can't get enough of it. And uh, it just it's awesome stuff. Do I um do I look like this the 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 Christian uh, interviewee of Larry King? Should I like get some suspenders and you know on the carpet with John type thing? Uh, if that? if you want, you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna break my own advice and say you do you man. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. That's a hoot. hey. I'm here in house shoes today, so. You know. Yeah, what's the what's the deal with this barefoot preaching? I, I see that. I think that is just like the coolest thing. <laughs> I was doing as part of our um, when the air conditioner and, was out. Well, when the air conditioner was out, but oh, it, it was part of my Job series, mm-hmm. and in something that I was doing in Job and talking about, I was making reference to the to the holy ground thing. Right, and you know, right before I I, I went up to speak. The Lord just spoke to my heart and he said, you should practice what you preach. Take your shoes off. Wow. Okay, I'll do that. Took my shoes off. Well, I can't get past it. Wow. I, I can't, I can't get past it. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't make a big production over it. There's a few people that tease me about it and I don't really say much. I just kind of laugh along with them, but, but it's a spiritual thing between me and God. I just, wow. I don't, I, I can't, ground. I can't bring myself Back yeah. to to putting on shoes. So I saw it. I, I thought there's got to be a reason for that, and uh, you know, so that's awesome. I mean, God's so faithful. You know, I'm a big fan. I listen to you every week. Uh, you know, no doubt. So I encourage you to go and listen to part one and part two. You can find it on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, as well as all the networks of YouTube, uh, Twitter. It's on Facebook, just on all the networks. Would you do me a favor before we go and share the broadcast? And let people know. And let's pray over you all for the for a great weekend. And Father, we just pray over the the ones that are watching now or watching later, listening now, listening later. Father, we just pray that as people are dealing with things this week, Father, you help and lead and guide and direct. And God, we give you thanks and we give you praise for who you are. Lord, we just pray for a great weekend. Pray for a safe weekend. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Tell you what, you want to be a part of the ministry of giving, you can do that by texting PULSE, the word PULSE, P-U-L-S-E, to 1-304-244-3187. You can also go to the pulsechurch.com, give through PayPal. Pastor Jay's done an awesome job of uh, reinventing our website. Looks great. Check it out. As well as you can mail your love gift to P.O. Box 561, Eleanor, West Virginia, 25070. And you give, and I promise you will be blessed. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you again Monday morning, 8 a.m. for the next edition of The Pulse WV Live.